October 19th, 2018, I met with Deputy Blake Alvarez at the Georgetown, California substation. He was a very respectful individual. I submitted him a five-page sheriff's report um, about the harassment, sexual harassment, and intimidation by John D'Agostini, the sheriff of El Dorado County. So I'm about to read the report, and I will have a typed copy of the report also on my Twitter for anyone that wants to view it as well. Um, I want to preface this with, I wrote this in about an hour. Um, I called the the sheriff's office after um, some intimidation and demanded that they come up and take a report. So they sent Deputy Alvarez. So here's the report. My name is Jessica Gasper and I live at 6200 Canyon Creek Road, Georgetown, California, 95634. For four years, I have been harassed by the Sheriff's Office and John D'Agostini. That is the title. The prologue is this. Prior to our purchasing the property in August 2014, we were told by the previous owner and local residents that the sheriff had responded to a stabbing. The sheriff sent Dustin Eastis to a mental institution for, quote, stabbing himself. I don't care who this kid was, but he did not stab himself, and everyone knows it. It's a terrible tragedy, and the sheriff arrested the wrong man. The real perpetrator was Daniel Duran, who lives adjacent to us at 6220 Cannon Creek Road. This information is to frame the incidents in this report. Here is the report. In June 2015, the Sheriff's Office sent officers Isham and Kennewich to our property at 8 a.m. the Saturday before Father's Day. They treated us like we were terrorists in Afghanistan. I was nine months pregnant and I had to come out of the home unclothed because the deputies were yelling for us to come out with hands up. We were treated like monsters. It was very humiliating. They demanded we let them in the home and show them the deed. We did that, and the deputies looked around our family home like it was a mission in Iraq. It was dehumanizing and scary. We showed Deputy Isham the deed, and quickly he put his tail between his legs and left. No apologies. We were scared out of our minds. We bought a property through a realtor, and again, we did not know the people who lived here. I mean, come on. We were coming, again, we were coming from the Bay Area. We did not know people who lived in Georgetown, who lived in RVs. Yes, people lived on RVs on this property. We did not know anyone here. So anyways, we bought a property through a realtor, and somehow, knowing the sheriff's office, looked up who owned the property before coming and 
um, pulling off some Bin Laden raid. I feel this was very targeted and I have received counseling from my son for this incident. Upon calling the sheriff after the terrible incident, we have received no apology, no help, and no compassion. The only person who has been compassionate is and was Deputy, Deputy Ragazzano, who is a great person and listened to me, smart man, and I wish him the best. Our neighbor, who the original incident started from, subsequently killed two of our dogs and has followed us, shot a shotgun next to my son on the property line, and etc. Um, stolen mail. I mean, he, he stole a purple shirt of mine. Not that big of a deal, but it happened. Um, anytime we call the sheriff's office about these crimes, no one seems to care, and no one wants to respond. So, also here it says, see previous police report by Deputy Ragazzano in July 2018. In July 2018, I sat with Deputy Ragazzano at the Georgetown substation, and I submitted him another typed police report about many of the incidences um, that are missing from this. And most importantly, the identity theft that is involved in that police report. And nothing was done. Nothing has been investigated. So that is... Nothing was forwarded to the FBI. Nothing was invented. Just not... They're telling us... No, they told us yesterday they don't have to. But anyways, let's get back to the report. Um... And, and in the report, it says I had to beg them to even send out Ragazzano. I mean, I was on that phone. I called the sheriff's office so many times, probably about a dozen times, before they wanted to send out a deputy. So, that tells you something. I've been begging the sheriff's office for years to help me. I joined the Divide Republican Club to help the sheriff personalize my story and help me. Um, just for anyone out there, the sheriff here in the Republican Women's Club, they're real tight. Real tight. So, and he also doesn't speak to anyone who is not in the Republican Club or affiliated in any type of um, club or organization um, that doesn't kiss his ass. Like, that basically, you, you have to be involved in some type of, um, Worship. worshiping organization of John D'Agostini. <laughs> Again, everyone, he thinks he's Elvis. People around here thinks he, think he's Elvis because he's on TV. Not really. Um, anyways, back to the, back to the report. I joined the Divide Republican Club help the sheriff personalize my story and help me. I try to be part of this community so I could not be harassed and my children would be safe. When I found what I found out was that John D'Agostini was asking about me the whole time. This is hearsay but this is from 70 year old women in a Republican club. 
I was told that if you're, you are a part of the Republican Club, then you flirt with Sheriff D'Agostini. He likes making 70-year-old women giddy like, a 50, like 15-year-old girls. It's quite odd to watch, but I refuse to flirt with him. And I will say what I said to Deputy Alvarez was um, I was by far the youngest person in the Republican Club. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm 37 years old, not even 38, but um, yeah, I was the youngest and like the median age was 70. So this is a grotesque concept to be having around a Republican women's club. No, and this is in the police report. This is not, in, this, this is on record. I just want to say this as a woman because we have a right to, to talk about men who objectify us and I have a right to fight back. So this is in the police report and I have a right to say this because it's factual and true. No offense, but the guy's too old too frail and too full of a fake persona for me to ever care about. But I was told, and it was very well hinted everywhere, that John D'Agostini expected me to flirt with him and have personal contact at Republican women's meetings. I have women who will come forward with testimony, but they are afraid of the current climate where the sheriff can retaliate. Everyone in El Dorado County is well aware of Sheriff D'Agostini and his bluster and bullying of others. Everyone knows that he has retaliated against anyone who goes against him. When this goes to trial, I will take this all the way to the Supreme Court because this is unacceptable to occur in America, in parentheses, I have many people I have found in the community, in parentheses, a business owner, a government official, and a regular citizen, to name a few, that will come forward with factual stories about Sheriff John D'Agostini and his retaliation when you, quote, cross him. He has called CPS on well-to-do families in retaliation in the community, he has been scaring low-income fathers in the community. He just scares everyone with his just complete false bravado. He sends deputies very aggressively to people's homes that he doesn't like. I have a ton of stories, and I can't wait to expose this crooked and fraudulent individual. Oh, yeah, he, he just... Um, one thing I learned today from many people, and many people in the know and many people in, in some pretty good places, was that Sheriff D'Agostini likes to make up that people's properties are red-tagged and send deputies to intimidate them. And that was done here. And in here, um, I, I took it personal then, and I guess when I heard it today a few places, I you know, I realized, you know, it's protocol here to do that to... Um, to whoever you want. You know, if, if Sheriff D'Agostini has a problem with you or he just wants to do it for the hell of it, if he doesn't like a, a guy who has a family and a wife who, look, who looks up to him, he might do that to you. And he says, wait, and he doesn't 
Yeah, and he said blatantly he doesn't fear the courts, which I believe. Anyways, back to the police report. Here we go. Anyways, I met with John D'Agostini recently in August 2018 to discuss all of my issues. He had a very aggressive sergeant with him named Pebbly. Um, Pebbly, let, let me just say Pebbly is about 250 pounds. He's a big dumb ox, that type of character, okay? Let's just paint the picture here, and I can say that because Pebbly is not a good person. If Pebbly was a good person, I'd be respectful, and I'd call him Sergeant Pebbly, and, I, and I'd look up to him. Not a good person. So we're going to read on inside of the report. Pebbly sat in the room with me, and John D'Agostini sat down in the room with me, and John D'Agostini writing down notes. He was giving me intimidating looks and looking physically threatening to me with his arms locked in a threatening position. I took that as I am not allowed to complain, but I did anyways, and Pebbly got visibly more aggressive towards me with his body language. At the meeting, I pleaded with John D'Agostini about stopping the harassing and to please investigate the crimes I had initially reported by the misdemeanor causing mentally ill neighbor. And, as a note, neighbor that I'm now not scared of anymore and really don't care about, honestly. That's the last thing I care about because now I'm scared of the El Dorado County Sheriff. That's way bigger, way bigger of a deal to have harassing you than some, like, little, like, loser Jesse Duran who doesn't work and hits metal all day. It's it's way different. During the meeting, back to the police report, during the meeting, John D'Agostini first pet my hand in a really grotesque way when I went to shake it. You go look up John D'Agostini right now. Go Google him. First of all, notice that the guy is wearing um, a uniform about three sizes too long and too big. Okay? You tell me what that means. And just look at the guy. Just look at the guy and, and look at me. And I'm not trying to be negative and I'm not trying to be inappropriate. I'm just trying to be factual. And you tell me, you tell me what happened here. So anyways... During the meeting, John D'Agostini first pet my hand in a really grotesque way when I went to shake it. I saw him looking at me up and down like some type of meat, even though I was dressed in business attire. During the meeting, he told me in front of Pebbly, quote, and I can't do this verbatim, but this is, I know what he said. He said these words, if you want something done in the investigation, you should have to show me how much you are appreciative. If you want something done in the investigation, you have to show me how much you are appreciative and looked right in my eyes and said that with a sexually suggestive, gross and odd grin on his face. Sergeant Pebbly was sitting right there and just let it happen and was writing on his pad. That's Sergeant Pebbly right there. He's a, he's a protector of women. I ignored his request and continued with my logical and factual analysis of the harassment that I was enduring. He offered no apologies, no compassion. After I ignored him, 
When he said the suggestive comment, he was angry and told me that I was wrong and the sheriff's office didn't do anything wrong. He actually blamed everything on Deputy Ragazzano and me and told me to understand that Ragazzano was responsible for my investigation. He ended the meeting and then refused to shake my hand and walked off. So that's the type of guy that John, Sheriff John, Big Bad Sheriff John D'Agostini is. The big bad guy, go look him up too. If you've never seen this guy, go look up the guy on on YouTube or something. Okay, Big Bad, Big Bad 5-5, five, five, John D'Agostini. He's allowed to yell. It's allowed, he somehow is allowed to yell. But his deputies are telling a 5-3 mother of, of three small children that if I elevate my voice, that could be construed as an assault. So there we go. So let's move that back on to the report. Um, yeah, Sheriff D'Agostini, the guy who like doesn't shake a woman's hand because she had a problem with him. Yes, I blame the, my complaint was, uh, yeah, the office was not doing anything. The office completely neglected to do any investigation. And I, I was complaining that he cares more about being on TV. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I, and he ended up putting it all on Deputy Ragazzano, which was really pathetic. It was, like, such a scapegoat move. It's like you saw the real John D'Agostini, and what he does in a pinch is he goes and he scapegoats. He goes and he puts it on, a, like, a 28-year-old guy who's a, who's a bigger man than John D'Agostini, Deputy Steve Ragazzano. Probably one of the honorable people. Yeah, it's, it's a... Much more honorable man than John D'Agostini, okay? And and John D'Agostini put it all on him, in front of my face, in front of Pebbly. It was sickening. It was sickening. Anyway, so after the meeting, I called his secretary, and I spoke to her crying because, you know, I'm in America. Why is this happening? You know, I, I was brought up thinking this was not supposed to be the way it was. Um, I also call, spoke with Pebbly two times, who was aggressively trying, trying to intimidate me to shut up. Um, I refused. He hung up on me. This is probably recorded somewhere. So someone, I would please appreciate if we do record phone calls. Yeah, get all of them. Please get all of them. Because the dispatch is the terrible. The dispatch too. is terrible. Oh, God, the dispatch. Hateful. Why are they even there? They, they don't care people about people. As victims of crime. Ah, what I've experienced and I've heard from other people about the dispatch here is just sick. I mean, these women are sadistic. I don't know why they, they choose to take these jobs. Anyways, so, um, yeah, someone please find that. Pebbly, when he spoke to me, Sergeant Pebbly, um, I just asked him why he wasn't investigating the police, the previous pre police report that I submitted. This guy got incredibly um, emotional and defensive and 
he's been aggressive with me the whole time. I don't know what he his said problem identity is. Identity theft didn't matter. Yeah, because, he said identity because th- everyone's having it happen. Yeah, everyone's having <laughs> like identity the theft. The cool happen. fun fad that you should feel good being a part of. <laughs> exactly, and then he told he said something like, "Yeah, another one of like well, they don't have to contact the FBI." Yes. It's like, well, you can contact someone if you don't want to investigate it yourself. How about that? But anyways, so find that. Find the recordings of all this. That would be wonderful. There's many recordings around of me right now. So back to the police report. So I have total neglect. Total neglect. No one has investigated the crimes against against me. And furthermore, the sheriff is retaliating against me. So I believe the sheriff is refusing to investigate anything. I filed a police report in July 2018 and no one has called me or investigated or questioned or done anything because the sheriff warned me if I didn't respond to his sexual overtures, then he would not investigate. This is happening right here in America. Yes, it is. It's very real and it's very scary. Subsequently, I have heard from several women around the median age of 70. Again, subsequently, I have heard from several women around the median age of 70 from the Divide Republican Club that John D'Agostini thinks I am a, quote, hot ticket. He is now having the Republican Women's Club call me incessantly to come and check in with me about the sheriff. When this goes to trial... I will have many affidavits of women who told me this. I can show you phone records of how incessant the Republican club calls are. I really can. I would love to go right now and find the phone records of the past, like, how long? It's been six months, probably. Six months, and then specifically the past, uh, like, month or two of incessant phone calls. Okay? I mean, it's just pathetic. The messages are pathetic. Calling for my husband and calling back for me and just begging us to come. Begging my husband to come. Begging me to come. He'd never... I don't even know. Anyways, it just all is disgusting. So John D'Agostini has gone around talking about my breasts. But I'm sorry to just put it out there. That's what it says. I heard that as well. And I will bring the woman who said that to testify. Right now, she will not come forward due to threats of retaliation. Again, everyone in El Dorado County knows that if you go against John D'Agostini, you go down. This guy thinks he's in the OK Corral. He thinks he's this, like, big shot, like, like mafia, you know, cowboy done. And the past week, now the sheriff is colluding with post office this is really ridiculous so get ready for this part of the police report again it's really happening now the sheriff is this is ridiculous now the sheriff is colluding with the post office to intimidate and harass us after four years of pleasantries and when i say pleasantries i'm i'm just being nice i mean like everything was fine we got our packages you know, Kathy Mortensen, the postmaster, was always extremely negative and, and, yeah, very negative. But anyways, after four years of pleasantries, just this past week, Corinne Kathy Mortensen, the postmaster of Georgetown, California, 
you can find a video of my husband and I um, speaking to her on the Twitter, confronting her about this. Um, Corinne Kathy Mortensen, the postmaster of Georgetown, California, told my husband and I that she was, quote, in with Turnbull from the sheriff's office. Okay? So that she was, quote, in with Turnbull. What does that mean? That means she's tight with this guy named Turnbull who was a deputy sheriff. And she is, quote, allowed to collect $30 per package upon already Amazon Prime shipping. Basically, she told us she is allowed to charge us $30 cash upon shipping I already paid for because the sheriff said she could. Oh, yeah. And then, well, yeah. Well, that's, we'll, we'll get to that. I sternly had a problem with Corinne Mortensen. And I have a big problem with Corinne Mortensen. I mean, that's just, you know, my mother worked for the post office for 35 years. This is like a, a f- these are felonies occurring. That's what, this is disgusting. Um, I sternly had a problem with Corinne Mortensen and told them they were committing crimes. And the sheriff yesterday, October 18th, 2018, dispatched two deputies to my home because I, quote, elevated my voice in the post office because they were holding my children's diapers for ransom. Okay? So, let's just say I went in there. I asked very politely for my packages to this woman named Annette who already knew the whole deal and was in on it with Kathy Mortensen and this other, like, dirtball guy named Chris who works there, who doesn't shower. And none of them wear uniforms. And none of them wear uniforms. I've never seen that. I've lived in New York, D.C. I've gone all over. We've been all over California, north and south, and I've never seen a post office where no one wears postal uniforms, and it almost looks like they shop at that thrift store. I mean, it just looks like we're, pay, you know, and it's not in a negative way. It's just like they're putting in absolutely no effort in themselves. It's not even like, oh, they're wearing a nice shirt to work. It's like, no, everyone looks like they just got out of bed, and that's unacceptable. And they act like it, and too. They act like it too. So um, I sternly had a problem with Corinne Mortensen yesterday. You know, I, and I yelled at them, and I told them they were stealing my packages, and that was a right that I have as an, an American citizen and a California citizen. I don't care. California is not another country. Okay? You can't take away your You can't take away my rights. constitutional rights. It's not another country. Okay? Yeah. I've had enough of this. Even though we're political prisoners here. I can yell. I can do whatever I want. It's not another country. You don't have different rules in the Constitution. So, yes, I elevated my voice. In a very logical and factual way. Sure. So anyways, Cisna and Peterson were dispatched to my property. Let me describe Cisna and Peterson. Cisna was a uh, blonde woman. And Peterson was uh, her sidekick. Cisna was a um, very masculine-acting blonde woman. We know those types, whatever you want to call them. 
So I'm, I'm painting the picture. This is an, a factual interpretation of who Cisna was. So the, back to the report. Cisna acted very physically distressed when my husband started talking. I came at her, you know, pretty defiantly. And she let me yell at her in her face. And my husband came out and was calm, and I saw her immediately attack him. So that's what happened. Then when I even mentioned the name Trump, she started getting emotional and looked to, you know, and to me as a college-educated individual who has taken several psych classes, like she was having an uncontrollable emotional breakdown. So what happened was, yes, I brought up Trump. I don't... I don't get why we can't do it. Apparently, it's illegal in California. The employees all said that they don't like Trump, and they saw some of our mail that we got that was conservative yes. and said that was partly to exactly. the reason why they're allowed to do it and laughed about it. So when I brought up that point to uh, Deputy Cisna, she told me that's irrelevant. And I saw the look on her face, and she acted like Trump raped her. It was sickening. She got physically distressed, and she had some mental-emotional breakdown. I mean, it was very pathetic, very, very pathetic. And I was very um, disappointed that we had a deputy here who had such emotional problems. And, and has a gun. And has a gun, inability to understand reality, where mm -hmm. you think Trump is some predator. It's like, all right, you don't need a gun. Okay, anyways, so Cisna and Peterson were dispatched. She was distressed. Especially, you know, my husband came out, and then when I mentioned the name Trump, she started getting emotional, literally over the mention of Trump. And I wasn't allowed to talk. Yeah, my husband wasn't allowed to talk. I was allowed to yell at her in her face. My husband wasn't allowed to talk. You know, they took pictures of me, and I don't Yes. Know. So, um, I told her that I have not done anything wrong, because I was just sick and tired. I saw, um... I also brought up another white male politician that I'm not, I don't care about naming, but I saw her angry at my husband, angry at the mention of Trump, and angry at another white male politician who, yeah, it was, it was psychotic. She was very angry at, at white men in specifically, and, and I just felt like she was emotionally unstable to carry a gun and what if there was a white man and she wanted to take out her feelings on him that day? Do you understand? And we also later found out that this specific deputy was involved with the previous incident between Dustin Eastis and Daniel Duran. Yeah, I mean, it's so this so kind of added a whole other element that we just found out about. It's just so incestuous, and ridiculous, and it's like some like Appalachian horror movie. It really is, and that's what I wrote to Kamala Harris today. Um, that it was an Appalachian horror movie. But anyways, um, back to the police report. So I told her to, I have not done anything wrong, to stop harassing me and leave the property. She threatened to call code with a false complaint and threatened to, quote, take me and my children from my home. That is what they do around here is they pretend to make up fake code um, allegations and threatened to call code. It's really and stupid. They've also implied they could impound our property. They've implied they also sent Allison Cooper of Intero. They sent her. They they made her email me, pretending that um, a property was impounded. 
I, with our names on it. I mean, it's pretty pathetic what the sheriff can do around here. It's Sheriff of Nottingham style, okay? It's, it's real pathetic. It's about the most pathetic stuff I've ever dealt with in my entire life. And believe me, I've dealt with some pathetic stuff. Everyone will tell you about that. But anyways, and I, I've, done some, I've done some extremely pathetic stuff, okay? But this takes the cake. This Sheriff of Nottingham takes the cake. And you know what? He makes me want to be the best person in the world to beat him and to be the opposite of him. But anyways... I ran outside. I ran inside after Cisna told threatened and to call code and, and take my me and my children from my home. Like some emotional weirdo. She was like yelling that. I ran inside and called 911 and reported that I was threatened by Cisna, that she was removing me and my children from my home. The dispatcher told me not to call unless it was an emergency. I said, This is an emergency, I'm sorry. Some deputies threatened to take me and my children off our property. Uh, you know, that's that's an emergency. Again, I called back and demanded for a sergeant. This is all recorded. Um, my husband got on the phone because I, I started crying. She drove her into hysterics. I'm still a woman. Could... Yeah, that's a terrible thing. Christ, I'm still a woman. I care, about, I care about myself, my children, my husband. I care about life. Um, sergeant Lewis called, and he was a very nice, articulate guy. It was a nice change. He told me to contact proper federal authorities and contact him if deputies were sent here again. He promised me deputies would not be sent here again. Hopefully that happens. So we can add him to the list of logical people who are not black-hearted. There's but, a small list of that. But I will add he did lie to me in previous conversations and told me there was no John Vasario that worked at Code Enforcement when there, he's indeed the head of oh, Code yeah. Enforcement. We've indeed talked to him numerous times. Definitely. And he's totally fine about our unpermitted home here, but for some reason the sheriff thinks they're allowed to take away Code Enforcement's uh, job and take it upon themselves Purely for the point of extorting and threatening people. Mm. Not, not, not for any use of code enforcement, and they don't like it. No. And just compared to everyone else, I'd say that he, I could tell he came from at least a better background than, like, Pebbly and D'Agostini and some of these more, like, uh, like all the guys that work for the El Dorado County Sheriff, most of them, not all, um, are these like GNC weight gainer guys? So there's not a lot of intellect going on. Yeah, not a lot at all. It's and like, basically, unless there's like some armed robbery or a murder like happening in the moment, they're not able to like compute what's happening or figure anything out. They can't. They can't do any critical thinking about any issues. No they're responding thinking. to none. No and then they don't have any superiors who offer any critical thinking for the issues they're facing. You know, it's 10 p.m. I haven't slept in two days, and I can yeah, have we're doing, way we're doing, more critical and thinking. And we're doing a 40-minute recording here. Than, than these guys, you know, I mean, I saw, no offense, I saw one today. Deputy Alvarez was, was, was awesome and great, but I saw one today where it was just like, I don't know. You know, it doesn't make me feel safe to have some of these guys protecting us. Anyways, um, so Sergeant Lewis called, whatever. I know he's part of the boys' club, but to me, he he seemed like he had a he had a fine upbringing. He's definitely better. And he's he's a little bit better, and he's not some hick or some like 
wannabe loser like the rest of some of these people are. So I contacted Michael Rinaldi today, who is a wonderful supervisor, and he was very compassionate. And I will say vote for him. Um, he spent a lot of time talking to me, and it was kind of like a father. And I, you know, that was that was a nice change. It was a nice change to have, um, you know, some nice uh, Italian guy from the East Coast come in and talk to me because I needed that. I needed some like, you know, stuff to just kind of put me back into reality. So he was a good guy. Vote for him. He's cool. I also called Jerry Brown, and. I will call everyone and anything until I stop being harassed. I mean, I will call, but I called Jerry Brown. Well, first I called Diane, Diane, Diane Feinstein. Um, first I called her and her voicemail was full. Interesting. She thought she was too cool and her voicemail was full. And I called back about a half hour later and I somehow got through right to, um, some really nice person in the office who gave me, who told me to call Jerry Brown and gave me some number. And I called and I spoke with Adrian from his office. And Adrian was awesome. Adrian explained to me, these liberal people are great. I love how helpful they are. It's like, now you guys have pushed me into liking this. I like how helpful they are and how, how much they explain everything to Especially you. Especially these young, motivated these young I love these people. young interns. I mean, I get why... A person I, I'm not going to unname likes interns. Sure. So, um, I called Jerry Brown. Adrian's awesome. He told me what to do. Basically, I contact Javier Becerra if nothing gets done here. And that's what will happen. And we're not sure if it'll go there because Nancy uh, Anderson, the secretary of Burn Pearson, is playing gatekeeper to us speaking to him. And she seems like she has some politic politically motivated um, uh, oh, scheme Lord. going on where she's trying to keep us not able to speak with him. Nancy Anderson, okay? Nancy Anderson works for Vern Pearson and, yes, is a gatekeeper and told me she will see if she can get me in and she will judge my story on whether it's something that Vern will take. I don't know. Um, I called Jerry Brown's office, and Jerry, they, Adrian told me the law. The law was that John D'Agostini's elected official, and that by law, the district attorney must meet with someone who has a problem, who has a complaint, who has a police report against an elected official. So that's kind of the law. That's kind of what happens. You explained it to her. I explained it to her. She hung up on me. So another person. And so then let's let's kind of just get off the police report for just a moment. And just talk about how I heard from someone today in the know. That Sheriff D'Agostini puts in his own people in secretarial positions and other type of low positions all over the place to make sure everyone does what he wants and to make sure, like, get yeah. Get info and secrets about... Get info and secrets and just block stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I think we can all deduce by now, 
that Vern Pearson and John D'Agostini aren't like friends. I'm not gonna. That's that's all I know. So, and you it know. seems like um, Nancy Anderson is friends of John D'Agostini, which is why she would be doing something complete antithesis to what her her boss would be wanting. Yeah, to why happen. wouldn't her boss want you know justice, truth? You know, even that's what he's supposed to do. I, I think Vern and Pearson knows him, the law. You met him. Yeah, and he's 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 an honest guy. I think Vern Pearson knows the law. I think he's proven that to us by now. So he knows he's supposed to talk to me about that. Nancy Anderson, kind of fishy, kind of weird, her, her condescending attitude to me. Um, as you can see, I'm not being biased. I'm telling you who is a good person. I'm telling you who's not, who's not a good person. And everyone's being treated the same. Everyone's being treated the same. If you're a liar, I'll call you out. You know, I, you know that's, that's what's going to happen. And, and that's how more people should be behaving. Yeah, if you're not a liar, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, great person. So instead of bullying people who are nice to you and then looking up to people who treat you like crap. So to conclude, um, just hopefully, you know, if if you decided to listen this long, I thank you, and hopefully, we can take down this guy, John D'Agostini. It's really late, and it's time to go to bed. And good night. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.